Ladies and gentlemen, kicking off the first stop on his world tour, our new president and prophet, Russell M. Nelson! You say you want some revelation, well, here you go. It's gonna blow your freaking mind. Greetings, brothers and sisters. Welcome to the weekly Mormon News Roundup, where Ada, Dives, and Al ruminate on the great and spacious beehive. This week is January 8th, 2023, new year, new episode, number 41 coming at you. We have Ada, a special guest from Dissident Daughters. She's co-hosting with us this week. Um, In the news, we've got an official BYU New Year's resolution slate. We'll uh, look into those. Dieter Uchtdorf has channeled a Chinese fortune cookie message as a revelation. Um, Also, Russell Nelson has been deep sea fishing uh, and given us some New Year's inspiration from that in the news. Um, Also, why LDS church growth has flamed out and how to relight the fuse. Uh, Some really big things in the news this week, so we're glad that you've come to join us. Dives and Ada, welcome, and how are you? Hey, we're doing great. Hey, Ada, welcome to the Mormon News Roundup. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Hey, it's a tremendous. Now, you have your own podcast, right? That's uh, What's the name of that? Yeah, so my podcast is Dissident Daughters. And when did you start that? So I just started in February of 2022, so it hasn't been quite a year yet. Um, I actually wanted to do a podcast for a while, but uh, when Bill Real asked for, you know, he, he wanted to have some more women do podcasts, wanted to hear women's voices, and uh, I kind of took that as my opportunity. And so I reached out to him and and uh, said, hey, I kind of want to give this a shot. So when I decided to do it, I, you know, just even coming up with the name was a little bit um interesting, but I love the word dissident because it's a person who, you know, actively challenges an established political or religious system, doctrine, belief, policy, or institution. And I just thought that perfectly describes me and what I've been up to lately. So I also Mm -hmm. wanted to just like give women more chances to tell their stories. So that's basically what my podcast is. Um, there seems to be, there is a lot of men in this space um, in particular, which yeah. isn't necessarily a bad thing, <laughs> but yeah. you, know, you know, in the LDS sphere that, you know, women are always kind of sidelined a little bit. And uh, yeah, we're, just... we're, we're definitely overrepresented here. <laughs> <laughs> so, True. so yeah, so that's kind of my, my purpose in my podcast. I, uh, the only man I've ever had on the podcast is my son. I interviewed him, but oh, other cool. than that, it's been all women. So mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so um, what's kind of the the whole purpose behind your uh, what, what what's your mission of your podcast, the Diss- dissident uh, daughters? Dissident daughters, yeah. So I mean, it's mainly just to give women a space to be able to talk and tell their stories and even vent about the issues in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, we do talk about you know things in the news sometimes, things that are going on in the Mormon world. Uh, so I love your podcast because it does that on a, on a regular basis. Um, I've covered a few of the, you know, stories that have come out over the year that have been, you know, really big stories, but, um, so there's that and just, you know, it's kind of my own deconstruction and, you know, I've looked back on this past year and been like, wow, there's a lot of 
you know, there's some pretty lame episodes and, and then there's some where I'm, you know, like I'm in a really bad headspace and you can tell, but I've left it all out there because that's just been part of my journey. You know, sometimes it's pretty and sometimes it's really messy. So, um, that's been just kind of like, I think when I first started, I, my faith crisis was about four years ago. And when I first started, I just, I wanted to hear other people talking about it and like, how they were getting through it and what their experiences were. And it was just really validating. So yeah. I think that's a big reason why I'm, why I'm out there talking about it. Cool. Yeah. I really like the name of your podcast. That kind of got me listening to it. I've actually been listening to it basically from the beginning and I've listened to most of your episodes and nice. at the beginning you used to have a co-host uh, and I'm so sorry, but I forgot her name. What happened to your co-host though? <laughs> yeah. So my co-host went by Esther and she's actually right. my She's my sister-in-law and we are the best of friends and we kind of went through our faith crises together. And so we were just, you know, side by side in the whole process. Now, when it came to the podcast, she really didn't have any interest in doing the podcast. And so Mm -hmm. I had to beg and plead and finally she agreed to do 10 episodes. And I thought, well, that's good enough. I can probably convince her to do more after we do the first 10. But after the 10, she was like, nope, I'm done. I just need to leave Mormonism in my past. I don't, you know, it brings her a lot of anxiety. And she just really wanted to just turn over that, you know, page and and be done with it. So I was really sad to lose her. But I also understand she's just in a different place. So, but she was so great on the podcast. Um, We had a really good chemistry and just, you know, feeding off of each other. We've been best friends for 20 years, you know, so... um, she's just really great, but we're, and we're still really close. She just doesn't want to be in the podcast world. <laughs> oh, super cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it sounds like uh, you've had a pretty good run of success there. And, um, I think you, uh, with the attitude and the approach that you're taking, you're going to fit in just, uh, perfect here on the Mormon news roundup. So we're glad to have you. Oh, good. I'm so glad to be here. This is fun. Yeah. Is, uh, there anything else that, uh, you'd like to share with us about, uh, your personal uh, life, your religious beliefs or anything um, you'd like us to know? Not really anything major, just that life is so much better outside of Mormonism. And I just, I, it's been interesting, you know, have like going through the holidays and this year really was the first year that I really felt, you know, completely free and untriggered by any of the Jesus stuff, you know? And, um, because yeah. when I lost my faith, I lost everything like mm-hmm. this God, it's all gone. So, yeah. um, I, and then just like starting a new year, I just feel really good and, um, optimistic, I guess, about the future and just mm-hmm. life is, life is fantastic. So I have well, nothing to complain about. <laughs> that, well, it sounds like you're, um, looking forward to a great new year's and you know what? Um, we found, uh, Alan, myself, we found the mm-hmm. official BYU new year's resolutions that were leaked. You know, mm-hmm. we've got a lot of spies and moles out there at BYU. Don't we out? Oh, <laughs> uh, we've got a few. We still yeah. have some connections there. Almost as many as Greg with Quick Media, but maybe not that many. But we got the official BYU New Year's resolutions that were leaked. And uh, Ada, we pass those on to you. Uh, can, let's go over those uh, New Year's resolutions. Yeah, absolutely. So the first one on this list is to get Ken Niamatalo. Is that how you pronounce his name? Yeah, pretty close. Uh, Niamatalolo. Oh, I wasn't even yeah. close. It, it's Polynesian. but um yeah that's the first one is to get him a cushy job in the athletic department at at byu preferably something that pays at least as much as a general authority whoa (laughs) hey wait a minute what who is ken numotaulo uh al 
Okay. Well, Ken Neo the... Matalolo. <laughs> okay, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> he was the uh the head coach for uh Navy uh football team. And oh. he, recently he was he announced his retirement, didn't get a chance to retire. In fact, they fired him before he could retire. Uh, so hey, he's on the market. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, Ada, do you remember the do you remember the Meet the Mormons movie back in 2014? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. He was the coach in there, you know, and now that he needs a he needs a job, a cushy job in the athletic department, you know, probably something that pays as much as general authority, which we know from the widow's right might report is about two hundred fifty nine thousand dollars a year. So that's yeah. that's the resolution. One seems like a good idea. What, what about some more? Some more? <laughs> so the next one is to stop sending the alumni magazines to Charlie Bird and Jillian Orr. Ah, you know, you know, there's That'll no reason. Happen. You know, there's no reason to waste postage. You know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what about uh, number 14? Well, the next one is to make Brad Wilcox disappear just like they did Randy Bott. Ah, you know, it could be just about time for that now that I'm thinking about he it. He might be due for retirement, too, or early retirement. Early retirement. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he might make a good mission president somewhere way off, uh, you know, way out in the middle of nowhere. You know, uh, it, it may be time for him to disappear. Siberia, maybe? Siberia yeah, was so, yes. exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe the South Pole, some, somewhere along those lines, that, that where he can do a lot less damage. What about number 13? Well, this one, block the Black Menaces TikTok channel on all campus computers and see if the BYU General Counsel can send a cease and desist order. I mean, I'm kind of surprised they haven't already done this, actually. <laughs> yeah. I'd be shocked if they hadn't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I wonder if they have blocked them or not. It seems like it could be about time for that. Or what about number 12? Um, this one, I'm... I'm uh, a little upset about it. They're going to replace David Archuleta with Ammon Bundy as the next Freedom Festival Master of Ceremony. And I now, understand they have to do it because, you know, David Archuleta, he's no longer their their uh, golden boy, right? Uh, no. That's right. But Ammon Bundy, he, yeah. uh, hey, he's, he stands for it, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, he's an, he's a rising star as far as I know. Ooh, yeah, he's an uh, interesting dude. Perhaps, <laughs> yeah, perhaps Governor Bundy. Oh, wait. Yeah, well, did, did he lose the election? Oh, he lost. He did. Yeah, well, I don't think his membership has been called into question, and the same thing cannot be said for David Archuleta. So, but I can guarantee you this if he is the master of ceremony at the Freedom Festival, that is one that I'm going to tune into. I guarantee you that. Right? There's it, it, <laughs> bound to be something interesting. <laughs> yeah. What about number 11? Uh, next one. At the university commencement in April, they're going to train bloodhounds to screen all student graduation gowns for satanically inspired rainbow flags. Wait, can bloodhounds smell rainbow flags? Out I, can, I, I, do colors have a scent? I'll have to ask some people that uh, I think blind people have a really good sense of smell. So I'll ask some blind people if colors I, have a scent. <laughs> yeah, but it's time to crack. It's time to crack down on those satanically inspired rainbow pride flags. I, I think keep BYU's up and up. Yeah, keep it on the up and up. What about number ten? So that's double the musket ammunition stockpile. Hashtag Elder Holland loves you. Yeah, where do you think they keep that ammunition? So we, I've heard a lot about it. I have never seen it. Where do you think they keep it on campus? Um, There's got to be a vault somewhere, right? Oh, vault lined with the lead. Empty <laughs> Maybe, yeah, like you said, maybe it's in the MTC basement. I know a lot of bad things happen in that MTC basement. Maybe that's where they also keep the uh, ammunition stockpile for those muskets. I'm not not real sure. Yeah. Uh, if our listeners know, then send us a note. What about number nine? In an obscure essay buried deep within churchofjesuschrist.org, they're going to disavow but not apologize for gay electroshock conversion therapy. And it's ah. only 50 years too late. 
yeah, dis what, what you disavow it, but don't apologize. That's I think that's a pattern from the church that I've seen. Right, yeah. right. Things happened. Feelings were hurt. It wasn't our fault. Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, you know, you don't want to put that on the front page of the desert news. For that's for sure. Right. Yeah. So bury it deep, at least three, four, maybe even seven clicks deep. That's that's what yeah. I understand is where the most important things are on Church of Jesus Christ Right, right. Seems like or it's it. in a magazine from 1970 that you can't get on the internet. That's yeah, new, new. Yeah, put it in the improvement era in a back issue of the improvement era. Yeah, yeah I gotcha. Or what? What at number eight? Uh, keep birth control far away from students, faculty, and staff who really need it. Now we covered this before. That I don't know if this is still going on, but it was earlier in the year where DMBA is not covering birth control, especially for women who need it. And uh, you know, it looks like the uh, official BYU New Year's resolutions. They're going to keep that up. Well, yeah, I mean, they, they can't stop people from having babies. They, they need lots more babies to be born. Yeah. How, right. else, how else are they going to keep the stone rolling forward? Right. If you look at Saturday's Warrior Zero population, that is Satan's plan. I that just is- watched <laughs> that last week, and it is still so good. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Who can uh, be or- strong? Who can be strong? Right? <laughs> yeah, not one of us. Every song, it's so yeah. good. <laughs> not one of us will be alive, but that won't be a problem as long as we keep the birth control away from everybody. Or what about number seven? Ensure that undergraduate speech pathology majors do not have jobs after graduation, especially girls, because they shouldn't be working anyways. Whoa, wait a minute. Al, can you explain this one to me? How, how does that make sense? Um, so let's take a look here. Um, <laughs> so it's the speech pathology majors. They won't do the transition, the language transition. So when people are tra- the trans members, the speech pathology majors, uh, they had an issue that they won't do the tra- uh, the if you identify as a woman, they won't help you speak like a woman. You remember that article? Oh, that's right. Yeah, you're on your you're on your own when it comes to learning how to speak uh, with a with the new your new voice. Right. right? That's why undergraduate speech pathology wow. majors. It took me a second to figure out what the, what I was talking about there. <laughs> yeah, that's why undergraduate speech pathology majors are not going to have jobs after graduation because they don't know how to do that. That's a major part of speech pathology. Okay. What about number six? Hire that anti-gay consulting firm to screen this year's Cosmo the Cougar mascot. Yeah. yeah. That's a problem. They, I, they keep getting the wrong guys in there, right? Yeah, they do. They do. That's for sure. What about number five? Uh, keep punishing those dissident adjunct faculty for ecclesiastical reasons, but also don't tell them or their bishops why. Wait a minute, Al, can you explain this one? How, how's that working? Well, they know what they've done. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah we saw this in BYU-Idaho yeah, where adjunct right. faculty members were getting fired for, they got their ecclesiastical endorsements, but then they were fired for ecclesiastical reasons, even though they had their endorsements. And their bishop said, well, what the heck? We gave them the endorsement. They said, well, that's not going to be enough. So yeah, they're going to keep that up, I guess. That's uh, it, a- it was a pilot episode or pilot run that they tried. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like they're going to roll that out to a larger degree. What Extremely about Extremely successful. <laughs> yeah. What about number four? Um, censor all human anatomy PowerPoints and better yet, the textbooks too. Yeah, we saw this with the po- leaked PowerPoints in human anatomy classes where um, all of the private parts and only women's uh, chests were covered up with bubbles. And it looks like they're going to expand that not just for some human anatomy PowerPoints, but to textbooks too. Yeah. yeah, the pre-med students are on their own for this one. Yeah, they're going full Warren Jeffs because he did the same thing when he was teaching at uh, Alta Academy and Sandy. He ripped out all those anatomy PowerPoints. Looks like BYU is going full Warren Jeffs on this one. Or how about number three? 
Um, double the hundreds of millions of dollars in Canadian tithing funneling pure as freshly driven white snow to the Lord's only true and living university. Now, what's all that about, Al? Okay, so in the last year, it did come out that uh, they were um, they were uh, donating millions and millions of dollars uh, for, uh, let's see, how many, is, is it thousands or is it just hundreds? of uh, students from Canada. 1,400 students have yeah, benefited total. from that Canadian tithing. Yeah, but they, they're they well-funded. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Now, it looks like their plan is to double that amount, which, uh, which uh, seems like a pretty good plan. What about number two? Remove all Zach Wilson references banners at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Now, why would they want to do that? <laughs> um, well, he gets around. <laughs> 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 yeah, unfortunately, he's had, I guess, one too many sexual scandals. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's time to take all those banners down, even though he was a very successful quarterback. And number one, what is the number one uh, BYU official BYU New Year's resolution, Ada? Permanently ban Duke Volleyball from the Smith Fieldhouse. Yeah, we don't need any more problems from those troublemaking Duke Volleyball players. You know what Definitely. I mean? We can't yeah. have that much diversity in one space because we just can't handle it. No, we can't. In fact, any, any volleyball, uh, any schools that have volleyball students, if, if too many of them are not white, we probably should just ban those two because it cre- creates a lot of problems. Obviously, this is our Mormon News Roundup joke of the week for these official BYU New Year's resolutions. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, it's just a joke. Now, if you want to get in touch with us, we're at mormonnewsroundup.org, or you can send us an email to colob at mormonnewsroundup.org. We'd be delighted to hear from you. And that takes us to our first featured news article, Ada. All right. This one came out on December 30th, uh, written by L. Cowley the, uh, in the Daily Utah Chronicle. The title of the article is LDS Plastic Surgery Craze is Hypocritical. So, um, oh, I'm sorry. Hang on one sec. That's all right. It is a, a hypocritical thing because, I mean, for as much as we talk about the, the purity of natural beauty, um, that's not really what uh, what people seem to practice, is it? Oh, absolutely. So according to the report by the Utah Women of Leadership Project, Salt Lake City has the second highest plastic surgeon per capita rate Mm -hmm. in the country. We're second only to Miami and ahead of Los Angeles. So there's more plastic surgeons in Salt Lake City than there are in Los Angeles. Yeah, per capita. Yes. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. There are six plastic surgeons for every 100,000 people in Utah. Um, and one of the other things the article said that I thought was interesting, I wonder what your guys' take on this is, but it said that surgery here is also much cheaper than the national average. Why do you think that is? Um, because you Utahns are... Competition. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> okay. Competition well, drives the price down, I guess. Uh, it sounds like everybody's getting it done, and that's going to, you know, the, the supply and demand. There's a lot of people doing it. I, I had no idea. Honestly, I've never really met anyone that I know of that has had surgery, uh, plastic surgery. I lived really? in Utah for many years. What about you, Ada? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I've lived in Utah my whole life, and almost every person, woman I know has had either yeah. some sort of plastic surgery or... It's not always plastic surgery. There's a lot of liposuction, body mm-hmm. sculpting, laser lipo, fat freezing, microblading, lip injections, Botox, hair extensions. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I listed things multiple times, but the list basically goes on mm-hmm. and on. Um, and I just think there's this toxic mentality um, in the LDS culture of like striving to be perfect. Um, but I also mm-hmm. think it's not just LDS culture, it's Utah LDS culture. I don't think that this necessarily is 
outside of Utah. What are your guys' thoughts about that? I, it seems like there is a high concentration or a, a high level of obsession with yeah. uh, with physical per, uh, perfection and uh, bringing out that inner beauty um, through the knife, if necessary. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ada, you said that you're uh, you you were in a ward where your bishop's wife ended up getting plastic surgery. Can you tell us about that? Yes. So I, I want to say it was probably close to 15 years ago, but um, there was a conversation among some of the women in the ward where they said, well, the bishop's wife got a boob job. So I think that means that it's fine. Like if it's okay for the mm -hmm. bishop's wife, it must be fine for anyone else, you know, and now she's <laughs> the state president's wife. So, um, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, I just thought that was funny. And I know a lot of people, and, and let me just say, like, I don't have a problem with anybody doing any sort of body modification that they want to do with their bodies. Yeah. But I think the point of the article is really more about like the fact that, well, well, first of all, we don't, we profess to like treat our bodies like a temple and we're not going to, mm -hmm. you know, do multiple piercings and tattoos and things like this. But why is that different than all that other stuff that I listed, the, the plastic surgery and all the other mm -hmm. stuff? Like why, what's, it's hypocritical. It's very hypocritical. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're not going to uh, do piercings or scarring or you know any, any kind of, or branding or whatever kind of trends are out there, uh, but we're going to inject a bunch of silicone straight into our chest, right? Yeah, yeah, and like that's <laughs> or Botox, you know. We get, yeah, put some Botox in the face, and you know that's okay, right? I think it's really sad because it it just is a, a pressure to look perfect and and mm -hmm. it really I think it takes an extreme toll on women yeah. in the church. I did hear one quick observation. I sorry, I'm taking too long on this story, but um, one person mentioned um, recently that I was talking to that she thought that women feel a lot of pressure to be perfect for their husbands because in Mormonism basically they're 100% responsible for their husband's sex lives. Like their bodies are supposed to be the only body their, their husband mm -hmm. ever looked at. If they yeah. live to the LDS standards, they're virgins when they get married, they stay together mm -hmm. forever. They're not supposed to have any other sexual experiences outside of marriage. So that puts a lot of pressure on women. What are your guys' thoughts about that? Well, it sounds to me like you're also saying that most of this plastic surgery is being done by women. Is that? Yeah. Is that I think oh, so. Cer oh, certainly. Yeah. Um, yeah. In, in fact, Dives, I think you'd be surprised at how many people you know oh, that, yeah. a that actually have had plastic surgery. Because, I mean, not everybody advertises it, mm -hmm. but but it, it, it's very common. Um, and yet, it, a lot of times it's really unnecessary. Um, it, it, and for some reason, anytime you find somebody that's like addicted to co uh, plastic surgery or cosmetic, uh, alteration, mm -hmm. uh, th they kind of all start to look the same, don't they? They kind of get that <laughs> fish face and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's kind of weird. I don't know why everybody's uh, looking for that one particular look. Well, yeah. Al, I, I think you're vastly overestimating the amount of people that I know and who actually want to be my friend. Um, so, <laughs> so, um, so not, not too sure about that, but for our I listeners out there. I was giving you the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. <laughs> for our listeners out there, if you want to come over to Anchor, you can send us a voicemail about uh, what do you think about LDS plastic surgery craze being hypocritical. Can You can drop us a voicemail, which we can play on our next podcast. This does take us to our next article, which is, I. Uh, this is, uh, have you guys seen the new Avatar movie, Way of the Water? Did you guys catch that? I haven't uh, seen it yet. Haven't. No, I, I didn't well, see the first one either. 
I can tell oh. you that I did see both of them, and I really enjoyed the Avatar Way of the Water. But what does that have to do with uh, uh, Mormonism? Well, somebody has gone ahead and started uh, translating the um, the hymns, uh, the hymnal, the 1985 hymnal, into Avatar language, also known as Navi, the Navi language. They started with I'm a child of God, and they translated it into Navi just in case someone ends up in Pandora and needs to bear their testimony. Nerd. <laughs> and all i can say is all i can say is this has been an answer to many prayers out there and it's about time yeah it, i think it's better to translate it into navi than the desert alphabet i can tell you that for a certainty and i, I think it's probably just as useful to translate it into klingon yeah <laughs> now, and you know people say hey the speaking in tongues is dead but just look at this hymn you know, yeah. we're talking about yeah, you know, speaking in tongues is uh, is alive and well. And I think that the next hymn that they should translate is uh, "Oh, hear the red man." What's the name of that one? Oh, hear the red man wail. What's the name of that hymn that was oh, taken out? Oh, hear me, red man. Next, yeah. Or, I think, oh, hear me, red man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that the one that was taken out. I, you know, they yeah. could do that well. And by the way, is the new hymnal ever going to come out? Is that you know? <laughs> it's been, we'll is that a thing that's in the works or something? Oh yeah, it's been in the works for about five years. They can't oh, they can't really? wrap their mind around when the new hymnal is mm. going to come out. If you Google it, it's been a long time. They've also announced a lot of temples too, so let's not hold our breath. Yeah, I mean, They're too busy building temples. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to hopefully seeing what is in the new hymnal. That is going to be very interesting to me. But the biggest hymn I think that should be translated into Navi is if, if you could hide a kolob and they should swap kolob about and make it Pandora. Pandora. So if you could hide a Pandora, <laughs> I think that that would be a great hymn. I'm looking forward to that myself. That's kind of a small tangent there. Now, our next article here is uh, released on the Deseret News here. This was uh, released on uh, by Kelsey Dallas on January 3rd. Members of the 118th Congress, they were sworn in on Tuesday. We're still figuring out who the Speaker of the House is, but all of the members of Congress, um, they are given a survey when they when they are sworn in and they're asked about their religions. Now, you don't have to answer the religious part, but almost all congressmen, congresswomen do. And uh, how many uh, Latter-day Saints are in the new Congress, uh, uh, Al? Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. A lot of them do. It's a big selling point for a lot of them, especially the nine that identify as LDS. And they're, yep. they all happen to be part the, of um, the Republican Party. Oh, no, they're all Republicans. <laughs> all nine of them are Republicans. That's so shocking. Yeah, well, as, or as I like to call it, the Lord's political party. Yes. You know, James James Faust would not be happy about that, by the way, you know. Oh, no. He definitely wouldn't be up. So there's the only Democrat in the history. No, um, there was another one. Uh, the the um, church used to be heavily Democratic, uh, prior to the like the 1960s and 70s okay so before my yeah. life yeah yeah before any of our lifetimes around the uh kimball era but i can't think of who it was mm -hmm. oh i'm not i'm not too sure about that i don't know james faust is the last one i'm aware of yeah yeah so there's three universalists uh three muslims three buddhists two hindus and nine latter-day saints so we're, hey we're doing uh we're doing pretty well as far as the numbers that we have in the uh, in this congress so we'll have to wait and see what happens now our next article here is uh, that was a quick article but our next article here is uh from the salt lake tribune and it says why LDS church growth has flamed out and how to relight the fuse. So the, the question that I have, Ada, is this a stagnation or is this a collapse? What's going on with this article? Oof. Um, that's a great question. I mean, I think at this point it really is just a stagnation, but I think it's going to be an eventual collapse. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What are you your know thoughts? What? 
You know, when I was growing up, it used to be that the growth was the sign of the divine mandate. They used to read off in general conference the statistics with pride. Talk about the new stakes that were added, the new congregations, the new temples, the number of new members. And, uh, you know, they don't read those statistics anymore Mm -hmm. in general conference over the pulpit. Instead, they just publish them in the uh, in the in the Liahona or in the Deseret News. Right. which I think is very interesting. And you know what? The Salt Lake Tribune reached out to the church for this article, and they didn't want to give any response whatsoever to the article. So uh, when uh-huh. membership was going gangbusters, it was talked about a great deal. When membership is not going great, but gangbusters, we have no comment. Right. They don't want to talk about it. Just pay no, no attention to that, that statistic over there, right? Right. Yeah. You know, there's a new mantra out there for that we've noticed from uh, that, at least I've noticed from the presiding bishopric and others. And mm-hmm. that the, instead of saying the strength of our church is in the total number of members, it's in the members. That, it's the strength is in the members themselves. Now, it's yes. not in growth. It's in the individual's <laughs> worth. That's where the strength of the church is. Their worth has gone up. <laughs> well, <laughs> regardless of how many are left, they will have to be strong enough to shoulder the burden. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, as there's less people, yeah, they're the, the, you've got to hold up. It's kind of like, you know, uh, who was it that held up Moses's uh, arm? So was it? Or, oh, um, I, uh, yeah. Jo- uh, let's see. Joshua was on the one side and and Ur uh, oh somebody Ben Hur Ben Hur yeah probably Ben Hur was on the other I think <laughs> yeah <laughs> not sure but yeah w- with less members you've got to lift where you stand you have to lift more so yeah each individual member as membership uh, declines or as the growth stagnates that they, they are worth more you know and they talk about in this article LDS Church growth in Africa it's you know the church is doing really really well in Africa it's going gangbusters there yeah but the best that they're doing anywhere right yeah absolutely it's the the more most amount of growth is happening in Africa, but it is the church growth, Mormon growth is lagging when compared to other Christian faiths. In fact, even the RLDS church, the uh, community of Christ, it's doing better in Africa than the LDS church is. Wow. You know, rough. And, and retention in, in Africa, according to this article, is uh, the church does not release the retention statistics, but it's anecdotally very poor. So yes, the church is doing well in Africa, but not as well as others, and retention is really bad. It, it seems like we're getting to the point where you can almost tell uh, how ba- how poor the church is doing by if they're not talking about it, yeah. it's obviously not going their way, right? Yeah. 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 In fact, you know, if you think about missionary tactics for years, they have reflected an emphasis on what? Short-term gains mm-hmm. rather than long-term retention. That is not really Baptisms, a focus. Right? Baptism mm-hmm. is that's it. Yeah. Yes. Once you get a baptism, you turn it over to the board and good luck with you. It's not missionaries are not geared. They, they're, we're not trained. You know, when I went to the MTC, it wasn't about training people for long term conversion. It was just about converting them in the near term, baptizing, and confirming them. Yep. Yeah, definitely. You know, well, they, and, they, they don't have any full time uh, like uh, what retention uh, staff like they do at the uh, full-time recruiting staff if if you want to use like corporate terms right that's a really yeah. good point al you know yeah. that you mm-hmm. could have retention missionaries whose only purpose is to retain members yeah. so certain missionaries to help get them to the temple right yeah mm-hmm. that's a that's a fabulous idea in fact this article mm-hmm. talks about how to relight the fuse i think that's a fabulous idea mm-hmm. if you compare the church growth in um africa again with like jehovah's witnesses we're kind of similar to the jehovah's witnesses we're a restorationist mm-hmm. religion um yeah. they have double the membership that the LDS Church has is partially because the church didn't want to do any missionary work prior to 1978 in Africa because we would have had to, we would have had to send in white priesthood holders to man those congregations. 
So we, we haven't been in Africa really that long at all. Yeah. they And also they'd have to explain to black members why they can't hold the priesthood and where that came from and what their beliefs on that are. And now they can just baptize people and not say anything about the past racist teachings and just hope they don't figure it out. And that could be part of the retention problem. <laughs> Um, it very well could be. There's an article that came out here in the Journal of Mormon Sociological Studies here by David G. Stewart, who was on Mormon Land on this last week on the podcast, and he talked about the end of growth, fading prospects for Latter-day Saint expansion. Basically, he postulated that the church, based on its current projections, it is going to peak at 6 million active members and that it will never get above that number based upon the, 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 the way that the church operates, the way that it retains people, and that we're going to see a peak of 6 million active members. And this is a peer-reviewed journal that uh, is a very, uh, you know, an ethnographic study that is in a peer-reviewed journal by a sociologist. 6 million active members, that's maybe a million more than we have now. Yeah, interesting. You know, that's very surprising because it used to be, you know, 20 years ago with the church progress, uh, the church projections back in the 90s, the church was growing so fast that yeah. they were talking that there was going to be 200 million Mormons by 20, uh, 2100. Ugh, yeah. yeah. And then the Internet became a thing. Yeah. And then the Internet became a thing. You know, if you think back to Elder Bednar about the National Press Club briefing back in May, he was asked about the church growth in particular. And that's why we said that the Elder Bednar's talk um, at the National Press Club was so important. He he was asked about the lack of church growth. And he said that the, the, the LDS church was a lot like other religions, that everyone's uh, in a bit of a stagnation. And that the reason that people are re leaving religion altogether is that they are not receiving the answers from religions that they actually need. Yeah. What do you think about that, Ada? Uh, I think that's spot on, actually, because uh, people are not, you know, they're not um, they're not connecting with with what it is religion is trying to teach them or trying to put in their minds. I think people are being a lot more logically thinking and scientifically thinking. And these these religious ideas are just not adding up. And when churches like the Mormon Church just cannot answer the questions that people have, I mean, why, why would they stick around? Uh, the, the, uh, a lot of times religions will uh, claim to have the answers, um, but a lot of times those answers are, we don't know. And that's not a very satisfying answer for people who are really uh, wondering and looking for answers, right? Absolutely. You know, this article talks about how the church is underperforming uh, as a whole in the entire world when compared to our most nearest cousins when it comes to religions is really the Jehovah's Witnesses and the Seventh-day Adventists, because all three of us are basically we're proselyting, uh, we're proselytizing religions. We mm -hmm. were restorationists and we're like 1800. So that's yeah. comparing likes to like. And we are underperforming compared to our sister religions. In fact, Jehovah's Witness and Seventh-day Adventists, they have a much longer prep times for prospective converts. You know, Mormon missionaries, they can get into Africa. They can baptize somebody in a week's time frame. That does not happen with Jehovah's Witnesses. You have to study with the missionaries for at least a year. I don't know how long it is with Seventh-day Adventists, but it's pretty long. Um, and that really mm -hmm. helps with retention. Yeah. Yeah. 
And, and if the church wants to retain converts, they need to increase those prep times so that people are not falling away after just a couple of months. And the other thing that the church really needs to do, if you want to relight the fuse, is there was an Ensign article back from like the year 2000, I think it was, which showed that in a poll that only like three to five percent of members did any missionary work in the last year. It's a very small percentage of people who are getting out there, unlike Jehovah's Witnesses, where if you want to be a card-carrying Jehovah's Witness, you have to go out there and preach and 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 pound the streets. That's just, it's not part of, even though uh, it's ever member of missionary, was that David O. McKay? It's just not put into reality. Yeah, I, I would say that's definitely true. Yeah, anything else on this article, guys? No, I think we're ready to, to move on. And this next article is a real heart wrencher. Um, we did have a, a real nasty tragedy this last week in the state of Utah. And um, um, this one's coming from the Deseret News from Kyle Dunphy from January 5th. Um, we had a, a, a father um, commit a murder-suicide. He killed eight family members, uh, including his uh, wife's mother and all of their kids. It was a real tragedy this week. And he, he shot himself last of all. And sadly, when it comes to these situations that rather than commit suicide first, they always, uh, you know, commit murder and then suicide at last. It's just, it's, yeah. it's real ugly that there's not much that's, that's known about this. Um, the police are still do, doing an investigation to see how it went down, what happened. It is quite shocking because we, we've got teenagers that were there. We've got adults um, and we've, we've also got young kids. So what was his method for, for murdering all um, this whole family and killing eight people? I mean, number eight being himself, but uh, still his wife uh, who, she in December had uh, filed for divorce. He was living in the basement. This was really uh, the way that this was going down was uh, just a, a typical divorce. It wasn't supposed to be anything nasty or ugly, but it uh, it turned out that way, and uh, it just became a big tragedy. Yeah, real, my heart really goes out. Let me ask you, uh, Ada. Do you do you think anecdotally? I don't have any evidence for this, but it seems like LDS men in particular seem more likely to become what so called family annihilators. I don't know if that's. Mm-hmm. I, I can't prove that, but it seems like that is the case. Do you think that is? Oh, man, I don't know. It's it's so tough because we do have lots of examples of this happening um, among Mormon people. And I wonder, you know, I, I would assume that mental health definitely plays a role in this. And we aren't exactly known for having the best mental health in Mormonism. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's tough. I did also notice that his last name was Hate. Um, That's right. Mm-hmm. Like David B. Hate. I'm yeah. I, I'm sure. I'm sure they're related. Uh, he, D- David B. Hate was from uh, South Central Utah, and uh, that's where uh, the city of Enoch, Utah, is located. It's a small town wow. down there, kind of by Manti. That's a good point, Ada, because Utah leads the nation in diagnosed mental health disorders. Up to thirty percent of Utahns in the last year were diagnosed by a doctor with a mental health disorder. Yeah. And, and that definitely contributes to, I, I would can only assume that it would contribute to these type of situations. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, statistic, statistically speaking, also uh, in the state of Utah, we do have a higher rate of um, like, uh, what, uh, 
when it comes to divorce, uh, domestic violence, oh, yeah. uh, specifically from husband to wife. Um, so that's it's, a, it, it, yeah. Yeah. That's associated with divorce. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, and, uh, th- they do say that like, uh, that's kind of the, the dangerous time is right after you, uh, decide that you're going to split up. That's the most dangerous time specifically for the, the wife or uh, the female spouse. This is, uh, that because if something's going to happen, that's when it's going to be triggered. And, well, this just reminds me of, uh, Joshua Powell and, yeah. um, uh, what, what was his uh, wife's name again? Is Susan, uh, Susan Powell. Powell? Yeah, Susan but, Powell, Charlie, and mm-hmm. what was the other boy's name? Charlie. And, uh, I, I can't remember. It yeah, might have been, been but yeah. that was a horrible story. That was a family annihilation, and then yeah. there was a other LDS family in Texas, right, Al? That's right. A few years ago, I can't remember the name of the family, but there was a. It was all over uh, national news that uh, there was only one daughter that survived. Um, the ex-husband from uh, traveled from Utah down to Texas murdered his ex-wife and their kids and um her family members that were there the only person that was that um survived it was a girl she got shot in the head but she faked being dead and feigned being dead and he left uh he's in uh he's doing life in prison now uh well this is on the heels of the colorado shooter that we mm-hmm. had just about two months ago who was also yeah. lds who was involved with another big shooting so this is two lds yeah. basically mass killings that in are, the last couple yeah. of months and this used to be something that was incredibly rare yeah murder among the mormons i mean it's it's kind of a big thing yeah yeah that's a really sad um let's move along to our next article here yeah. which is uh this week in mormons here they released their year in review this was uh from kurt frankham on december 31st 2022 where they went over the top news articles of the year and we also did that as well on the mormon news roundup we did our top 10 uh mormon related news articles of the year which was one of our best episodes uh, and i compared these two lists together the this week in mormons and our list and this is basically the only two podcasts and shows out there that really cover Mormon news on a weekly basis. I don't count Mormon land as Mormon news because they do a lot of deep dives and other things. And so I compared our list to theirs and I was shocked about the differences. First of all, uh, on their list this week in Mormons, the AP sex abuse scandal story, it only got an honorable mention. It wasn't even the top 10, whereas tithing settlement getting changed name to tithing declaration, that was a top story. What? Oh, crazy to me. (laughs) (laughs) are you serious the tithing declaration being switched just a name change that's a top story but the ap section yeah right That is not a top story, folks. I, I hate to break it to you. The AP sex abuse, that is was our number two story of the mm-hmm. year. Yeah. Okay. But that's not where all the differences are. Uh, you know, I listened to This Week in Mormons, by the way, on the week that the AP sex abuse scandal hit, because I really wanted to hear how they approached that story, because that is not a very flattering story for the church, and that is something that they are loath to cover. And you know what? On the biggest story of the year, they spent five minutes on that article, but they spent 10 minutes on the BYU Alumni Food Magazine uh, on that particular week. Hey, so that, They had some great recipes in there. They, I agree. <laughs> That's one of my favorite episodes. It, where are the priorities here? What is eternally important? The BYU Alumni Food Magazine or these this horrible AP6 abuse that is literally burning down the net? Okay, right. so and I think their yeah. reason or their, their excuse for not covering it more is to say, well, everybody's already covered it. 
What? <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. the, the, then what's the point? I mean, because right. here at the Mormon News Roundup, we're about the news, whether it's for good or bad. You know, we we are just here to report it. Yeah. yeah. And they offer also, our commentary. Yeah, sure. <laughs> they also, the Under the Banner of Heaven, which was the biggest Mormon media event of the year, that never did to make their list. The uh, uh, Elder Bednar oh, at the National Press Club briefing, which in my opinion is the most important Mormon talk of the year, was oh, his yeah. address there. The yeah. only time that any senior leader took a Q&A. That was the most important event. That, that didn't make their list. That's Canadian-Australian tithing scandal. Nope, that's not on there. Brad Wilcox, Tri-State Fireside. Nope. And this is the biggest one. The Joseph Smith photo. This was Salt Lake Tribune, by the way, did their top 10 list. And for them, the Joseph Smith photo was the number one story that didn't even crack their top 10 at all. There's, a, there's a good argument for that to be the number one uh, LDS or uh, Mormon-related Mormon story in the news this year. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I can see like, um, I can see why the other ones they leave out because clearly they don't want to talk about the bad things in Mormonism, but this one seems like, um, a neutral story. Like it's not bad or yeah. good towards the church. And well, it's it, yeah. a pretty big deal. Mm -hmm. Well, what I think Ada is they don't like it because it kind of takes the, the mystical, um, uh, the, the yeah the mystique of joseph smith away and makes him more human and they realize that wait he's just a guy uh yeah, yeah i mean and not yeah. even a very good looking guy no he's, kind he's, of he's no he's he's definitely not the guy on the cover of teachings of the prophet joseph smith right right, right. yeah <laughs> Yeah, so by clicks, the Salt Lake Tribune said that the Joseph Smith photo was their number one story of the year. And I think we put it at number five. And I'm starting to wonder if maybe we should have moved it up a little bit because that was a pretty big story. That does not make that This Week in Mormons. This Week in Mormons, if you want real news coverage, how, how are you going to find it in This Week in Mormons when they won't say that the biggest news story of the year is not covered? And finally, that they said that the Tonga volcano eruption was one of their top stories. Oh, the, the, the one back in January. No, um, no, that was not a top Mormon story of the year. Sorry. That, that's I a read. I heard that story. This is the first I'm hearing of a Tonga volcano. Oh, uh, so earlier in uh, 2022, uh, there was an uh, eruption in the Tongan Islands from a, a, a volcano that had been dormant, but became active. So it just kind of blew its top. I don't think it, I don't think anybody was injured or died from it. Uh, no. it kind of it kind of messed up like uh like what uh supply chains for a while there but right. it, then again everybody's supply chains have been messed up ever since covid, right? Right. right. <laughs> yeah, so definitely newsworthy like top top of the list yeah. newsworthy there. I yeah. just <laughs> I, I I think they're saying that because oh well, you know, the LDS is the is the most uh popular religion in the uh country of Tonga, but it's just not a uh, stretch still. Yeah, it, it's a big stretch. <laughs> yeah, big absolutely. Yeah, uh, we would like to hear what you have to say about uh, that particular one. If you come on over to Twitter, we're at, at News Mormon, and we also release all of these episodes onto YouTube. We would love to hear if you think that this week in Mormons, if you think that their top 10 is better than ours, then give us your thoughts over there. Now, our, speaking of New Year's resolutions, Ada, Dieter F. Uchtdorf, he gave us some, some very interesting New Year's resolutions. Can you um, walk us through that? <laughs> yes, this was a fantastic um, Happy New Year tweet from Dieter F. Uchtdorf. Uh, he says, um, well, first of all, he's got a picture of him at his desk in his office holding up a little fortune cookie um, uh, 
piece of paper and it says, Happy New Year. I recently opened a fortune cookie that read, tomorrow will be an important day for you. What a great motto for our lives. We make tomorrow an important day by making today important. Today is yesterday's tomorrow and today is tomorrow's yesterday. I had to read that part like three or four times before it made any sense to me. That was so confusing. Um, oh, but yeah, I think yeah, it's really you, interesting. <laughs> you, you wasted way too much effort on that, Ada. <laughs> it's, it's not uh, profound. It's not deep. Yeah, today is uh, tomorrow's yesterday, and it's like yesterday's tomorrow. And, no, no kidding. Well, uh, <laughs> so, right? Yeah. First of all, I think he looks very handsome in this photo. I, I, am I in agreement there? I mean, he oh, looks really good. He, he, he is definitely the most dashing of all the apostles. Yes. He, he's got a twinkle in his eye. His hair is always impeccable. He has mm -hmm. great fashion. He He's a good, he's a handsome man. I'll just put it that. But always has nice. been. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, it is nice to see, though, that the church is finally returning to its occult roots because fortune cookies, that's, you know, the early early yeah. Mormonism and the magic worldview. We used to have seer stones. We used to have oh, yeah. uh, magic talismans. We used to have oversized spectacles. We used yeah. to have all, you know, we used to have incantations mm -hmm. to remove mm -hmm. books of scriptures from the sides of mountain. Yeah. He's returning us to our roots. Yes. Yeah, because really the only the last holdout is the patriarchal blessings. Uh, other than that, everything else has kind of gone away. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. It does remind me of what Brigham Young, he taught. He said that there is no truth but what belongs to the gospel. If you can find a truth in heaven or earth, it belongs in our doctrines. And this was from the teachings of the presence of the church, page 16. However, guys, I, I didn't know that that extended to the Hunan uh, Chinese discount restaurant on uh, South <laughs> Temple Street. Well, if it's true, then... <laughs> I, 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 that's not what I was really expecting. <laughs> you know, at the pace of Revelation, though, can are you with me that it's really picking up these days? Because oh. you know, uh, the Revelation is really increasing. It reminds me of what uh, uh, President Nelson said in the last general conference. He said, "So many wonderful things are ahead in the coming days. We will see the greatest manifestations of the Savior's power that the world has ever seen." Is this in direct mm -hmm. fulfillment of that? That's a manifestation of the Savior's power, I would say. I, I, I stand to reason. Now, Ada, if you look in the photo on the right-hand side, is yes. that me or is that a coffee pot? Um, so I'm not 100% sure it's, if it's a coffee pot. I kind of think that it's a teapot. It's oh, uh, one of those kettles that warms up. I don't know. I don't think it looks like a coffee I, pot, but I well, could totally be wrong. I, I've, seen, um, I've seen a lot of, uh, should we call it a carafe? Um, I've seen a lot of carafes like this where I, I think it's just a, a vessel to hold water. Okay. Um, yeah. So I, I, I don't, I mean, a lot of people point that out. Hey, is that a coffee pot in his office? I mean, it, it, there are coffee pots that look like that or kettles that look like that. You're absolutely right, Ada. But uh, I think this is just a carafe because, I mean, you've seen them in like, uh, say, uh, courtroom dramas where, you know, the uh, prosecutor has to pour himself a glass of water and, he yeah. picks up a little uh, carafe looking or a little pitcher and pours them. So, yeah, that's what it is, I think. I would think that um, if he needed that, he would have his little white pitcher from the second anointing there. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Now, Every, is everybody what... gets one of those in the second anointing, right? <laughs> I'm, starting, I'm starting to think that maybe this is why he got demoted from the first presidency oh, because definitely. he wants the, he wants the church go, to go back to its occult roots. Yeah, mm -hmm. could maybe. be. 
I, for one, I'm welcoming to go back to our cult roots. And it seems like I remember an old general conference. I can't remember which one it was, but it seems like somebody said that you're always supposed to pay your tithing before you tip your Chinese server. Do you guys remember which one that was in? <laughs> oh, that sounds like Harold B. Lee. But that, that, you know, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> he was big on tipping those Chinese servers. I do it, remember it, that. He was also really racist, but yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Now, Ada, I was always told that if you add uh, the phrase in bed to the end of any fortune cookie it makes it a lot better so what happens if you add that to this fortune cookie yeah so tomorrow will be an important day for you in bed whoa yeah. oh, that's exciting uh, that <laughs> this is getting better and better i like where this is going yes definitely now, now if you look in the comments section ada what what do you see in the comments section if you scroll down here um uh, you know what i see in the comments section is profound wow i didn't know this before thanks so much what do you see in this uh, uh comment section under this yeah, I see a mixed bag a little bit because um, definitely like several people say, thank you so much for, you know, everything you do. And this is so profound. Um, but there is a couple of negative uh, uh, comments here. One that says you are a profoundly immoral man. Stop lying by omission and tell the whole truth. Have oh, you wow. that? oh, oh, <laughs> oh, but I like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, the thing about relying on fortune cookies, though, is, you know, my last fortune cookie said that I was supposed to invest in FTX cryptocurrency. So, you know, I didn't I didn't follow it, but I guess that's, you know, I can't tell the difference between a good fortune from a fortune cookie. I can't tell the difference between what is inspired and what isn't. But I guess that's why I'm not sustained as a prophet seer and revelator is he can tell the difference. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Ah, that makes sense. You know, prophets really, really do uh, make you smarter and help you see around corners now that you mention it. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, because I can't tell the difference between a random fortune cookie and something that's uh, inspired and very profound. Now, Ada, do you think that this should be, um, you know, based on how inspiring this is, do you think it should be added to the Doctrine of Covenants or just an official declaration? No, definitely canonized for sure. <laughs> yeah, but we, it, that's that goes without saying. Yes, we know that. But where? DNC <laughs> section 139? That, yeah, I think that would be amazing. Or I official declaration cool. three. Yeah, like so people can frame it and put it on the wall, like next to this, uh, the Jesus Christ and the family proclamation. Well, no, I swapped it out for my family proclamation. Oh. I took the family proclamation out. I put the fortune cookie in there. It's kind of small, but I think mm -hmm. it looks fantastic. Uh, it's it's definitely more concise than the family proclamation. And, yeah, you know, yeah, it, it is. says about as much. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's easier to memorize. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. Memorize those, right? So. Yeah, we do have a poll of the week that goes along with this particular um, article, and it's available only on Anchor. But if you come on over, you can take the Mormon News Roundup poll of the week. And Al, what is the poll of the week? Okay, so down at the bottom of our uh, page, we've got, uh, or the bottom of our document, we have our Mormon News Roundup poll of the week. The question this week is, what occult message source would you most like to receive LDS New Year's Divine Knowledge from? Oh, I, there's a lot that I have uh, that I would love to get from. Uh, uh, Ada, uh, can you read? Is it number one? Okay, hang on one second. I've gotten lost here. Uh, it's all the way at the bottom. <laughs> okay, okay. Pull of the week. Yes, and they're one through seven. Yep, okay. there we go. Okay, number one says, Leahona Magazine, first presidency messages from Ouija boards. Well, if we're getting them from fortune cookies, I think Ouija boards would be a step up, right? Yeah. So, I think so. I One would imagine. Or how about number two? Church news headlines channeled by crystal balls. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> or those, ma or maybe those magic eight balls. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Either one. Either one. A anywhere from a cult. I I'm liking this occult feel. I like where this is going. Number three. 
Friend Magazine articles inspired by dousing rods or, I mean, Rod of Aaron? Wait a minute, dousing rods, what? Mm-hmm. Wait a minute, Al, where, what, what are we talking about, dousing uh, rods? The dousing rod that, um, let's see, uh, Oliver Cowdery used the dousing rod the way that oh. uh, Joseph Smith used the rock in the hat. Right. Uh, that, that was his uh, super special power that he had. Was Yeah, I, yeah. I wonder if we still have the dousing rod in the church uh, archives. You know, somebody ought to bring that thing out during general conference. That'd be amazing. Yeah, it's definitely oh. got to be there with the, uh, with the, the rock. Yeah. Well, we, 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 we've seen the rock, but we don't have the hat. See, what we need is the dousing rod. We need the hat. We need the Jupiter, uh, Jupiter talisman. We need all of this stuff out, but we haven't mm-hmm. seen it, by the way. Yeah. Or uh, how about number four? Yeah, this one is uplifting general conference talks from a rock in a hat. Absolutely. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah. I, <laughs> I promise you that it would go viral on TikTok like you wouldn't <laughs> believe. Yeah. You want to get your message out there, bring out the rock in the hat, do the general conference right from there. I promise you, whatever it is that you're saying will be viewed by millions. Millions. Yep. Absolutely. Or how about number five? Temple recommend interviews fact-checked by Jupiter Talisman Amulets. Wait a minute. What, what does that have to do with anything? Al, where's the Jupiter Talisman Amulets? What is that? Where are we? Uh, where- so, so the Jupiter Talisman was an amulet that uh, was kind of a little trinket or uh, uh, what do they call it? It was a coin. It was yeah, basically it was coin, the size yeah. of a coin. Yeah, and it, Joseph Smith uh, put it in his pocket for protection when he was in Carthage jail. Uh, and uh, supposedly in Liberty, uh, supposedly oh, in Liberty in, Jail too. Yeah, yeah. Suppose this is this is all from legend and rumor, but um, yeah, yeah and, but but it's there for protection to use its uh, divine or well, no, what um, cosmic powers because I mean it takes the the powers of the cosmos from Jupiter and right. it, you know uses that power to protect you. Absolutely, How and is if you're fact checking, like is that. There's a lot of divine power. I, you know, mm-hmm. don't ask why. Ours is but to do yeah. or die. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. it's it's better than the power of discernment. I can tell you well, that for a this, certainty. This is exactly why we need uh, someone like Joseph Smith that knows how to read the the powers and to de- uh, detect what they're trying to tell him. Right. Mm-hmm. So you well, can we, translate that for us. Right. We all know that people have lied to their bishops for temple recommend interviews. We know that for a certainty. But if those bishops had a Jupiter talisman amulet. There's mm-hmm. no way that they would be fooled. That's why we need to bring it back. Absolutely <laughs> yep. not. Or how about number six? Patriarchal blessings sourced from the New York Post horoscope page. Ooh, mm-hmm. I, I think I'm an Aries. I can't remember, though. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> or finally, uh, number seven. Fast and testimony meetings upgraded to spiritual seances. Now, that sounds like fun. That, <laughs> that's, honestly, that is not very far off from where the fast and testimony meetings are now. Well, yeah, really, because oh, I yo, know, I I decided that I didn't want to go to church today because it was snowing so hard, but I, I just that something told me I needed to go, and so I I got in my car and it instantly got in a car wreck. But here I am. <laughs> well, remember, yeah. uh, the purpose of a seance is to uh, commune with spirits. So your story didn't have a spirit. It would only oh, be right. if my dead grandma oh, told me yeah. not to come or whatever it was. Your dead grandma seance. saved him in the car accident. Right. right. Or your mm-hmm. dead grandma revealed to you your genealogy. Those are all seances. That's what a seance is. You're trying mm-hmm. to talk to dead spirits. Ah, okay, yeah. so Ada, which one of those? This is our poll of the week. Which one of those occult? Now the the cult's in fashion. This is fantastic. A cult yes. is back. This is yeah. great. 
This is this mm-hmm. is going to be amazing. This is going to be a great year. 2023, put it on your calendars. We're doing fortune cookies. What else are we going to where what kind of sources do you want to get your LDS knowledge from for the for, for uh, your new year's resolution? So I think all of these are really good ones, but it's no question for me. It's um general conference talks from a rock and a hat. Oh <laughs> boy. I like that one. Yeah, that one for me, it's it's. I like the crystal balls or the uh, the seances. I, I I think I'd probably go with number seven myself. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what would be amazing is if all of the so there's only so many rocks to go around, but if everybody had their own hat that was on their lap on that row, oh, you know, with the fifteen people, yeah. if they all had the hat that fit to their face, and then, and then just they move the rock from hat to yeah, hat. Yeah. No, you just leave the rock <laughs> up on the lectern. You yeah. just leave it up on the podium. <laughs> the next guy puts it in. That mm-hmm. would be, just be so lit. That would just be oh, amazing. Yeah. 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 And and Dieter Futort, he's leading the way on this. So this is fantastic. Hey there, brothers and sisters. Thanks for listening to the Mormon News Roundup. And if you are enjoying this show, please consider making a donation. Patreon makes an important contribution to helping us ruminate on the great and spacious beehive here. So thanks so much to everyone for, for supporting us on Patreon.com. Now, yep. our next article here is the um, every year there's the ex-Mormon of the Year poll. And this is put out by MainStreetPlaza.com. And it's time to vote for the ex-Mormon of the Year in 2022. This was The poll was put out just a couple of days ago, January 2nd, 2023. And uh, here's your choices. We have James Huntsman. Uh, he's suing the church for his back tithing, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And we have uh, uh, Lindsay Hanson-Park. Who's that, Ada? Oh, she's the the podcaster for Year of Polygamy and Sunstone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's an awesome historian and overall just amazing person. And yes, mm-hmm. she's a fantastic ex-Mormon. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And we have Evan Smith. Uh, now, I believe, it, who is Evan Smith? I'm trying to remember who that is. Oh, uh, something by Evan. Uh, you know what? I don't know who that one is. I should have looked this up beforehand. Uh, 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 podcaster, isn't he? Um, I think he was something who did something with a, a gay, he was LGBTQ. He's the son of a Mormon Bishop. I'm not hmm. real sure. I don't know. I'm not very familiar with him. Sorry about that. Yeah. But I am familiar with the next one. Who's Sandra Tanner? Uh, yeah. She's she, the head of, uh, more, or, uh, Utah lighthouse ministries. Uh, she and Gerald Tanner, um, uh, run a, or, uh, published a bunch of books that, uh, helped a lot of people find the, the history of the LDS church. Yeah, and her uh, light the Utah Lighthouse Ministries is closing. It's uh, yeah. I don't know if it's closing very very imminently in, so. in March at the end of February. It'll close. Right, yeah, you she's, bet. she's retiring and closing yep. doors, so kind she's of sad. like eighty. She, she's like eighty years old. She deserves to yeah. retire. Probably. Oh yeah, she's, she's been doing it a long time. You betcha. And next up is wait a minute here, Russell M. Nelson, ex Mormon of the Year. How does that make any sense? <laughs> I don't it, how, explain it, that to me. Do you want me to explain this one to you? Yeah, what? How, how he's not? How, how can he be called an ex Mormon of the Year? I don't get it. He's an ex Mormon because he's the one that put the kibosh on using the term Mormon and oh. uh, instead said, "Oh no, call us Latter Day Saints, not Mormons," because that's oh. a victory for Satan. <laughs> okay, so he used to be a Mormon. And yeah. now he's an ex Mormon because do not now call he's a him a Mormon, saint, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. That makes sense. <laughs> okay. And we also have uh, Mark Hoffman. Uh, Mark Hoffman. He did the, all the forgeries back in the yeah, US. And, Why would yeah, he be the ex Mormon here, though? That was uh, a long yeah. 
I, it, let's see his his whole thing. The murder among the Mormons. Uh, oh, that or, happened this year. Yeah, yeah that's what, was that this year or last year? It, I, I guess it was earlier this year, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I, was, I guess I'm not sure. I thought it was, it was in March. Yeah. Of, yeah. In good March. Call. Okay. Yeah. Okay, and then we have Jacinda Ardern. Who's that? Ooh, I don't know. She's the Prime Minister of New Zealand. Oh, that's yes. right. Prime that's right. So yep. she's she's perhaps the most uh, politically powerful ex Mormon in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I love- Prime Min- yeah, prime minister of a whole country. Then we have Nemo the Mormon. Who's that? Uh, let's see. He's a podcaster as well. Uh, yeah. Or, or, yeah he's does a YouTube a, channel. Yeah, a, a personality, should we say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, does yeah, a YouTube channel. That, uh, records the temple movies. He, he gets people no. to go in the temple. And uh, no, no, that's, that's new, new name, name Noah. Noah. Oh, new that's... name Noah. Okay, yeah, I'm getting confused. Yeah, oh, this Nemo. is. Oh, yes, I love Nemo the Mormon. He's the British guy, right? Yeah, right. Uh huh. You gotcha. Go. There you go. And finally, wait a minute. David Archuleta, he's not an ex Mormon yet, is he? Once you flip that switch, the light usually comes on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, just don't hold your breath, right? Yeah. yeah exactly. Okay, so who are you voting for here, uh, Ada? Who is the ex Mormon of the year? Ooh, that's a good question. So is this based on who I like the most or who yeah. deserves that title the most? <laughs> well, it's, it's just what you feel. It's, this is your well, time to shine. Okay, so I would probably vote for David Archuleta, even though maybe he's not officially X, but we all kind of watched his faith crisis in real time. If, you got, if you're paying attention to David Archuleta, which I definitely was, love him. And I feel like we, his faith crisis like literally happened in front of our eyes as he Mm -hmm. like posted things and then, and then said things. And we were just like, Oh my gosh, it's happening. It's happening. It's happening. You know? Mm -hmm. So I love that story. Yeah. And Al, what about you, Al? Oh, uh, you know, I, uh, I actually voted just now and yeah, but let let me tell you, this is really cool. So once you vote, it gives you the results and you can see where it's at. I, I I personally voted for Sandra Tanner um, because I think this has been a big year for her. Uh, she's had a lot of uh, attention after uh, her book was shown on Under the Banner of Heaven. Yes. Uh, so, you know, I, I think she's been very influential. And furthermore, I, I think she's been an extremely influential person uh, for decades with regards to uh, to Mormonism. So well, uh, that's okay. why I voted for her. Yeah, when I'm looking at the voting, the problem for me is that David Archuleta, as far as I know, is a member of record. I don't count him as an ex-Mormon. Okay, Nemo so we the have Mormon, to take him off the top. Okay. Uh, well, <laughs> I, just my opinion. Nemo the Mormon yeah. is literally a Mormon. How can you say he's an ex-Mormon when his title is the Mormon? He is a yeah. member of record. Mm-hmm. Lindsey Hansen Park is also on the record as a member of record. Russell M. Nelson yeah. is obviously, technically, by the way, Russell M. Nelson is the only... I- True member of the church. Yeah, he's he's the one. He's the answer that I like the best, though, because yeah. he, he did it to himself. Right. <laughs> well, he, yeah. he's, he's an ex-Mormon because logic. he doesn't want the word. Well, and if you go off that logic, every single member of the church is an ex-Mormon, right? Exactly, right? Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah. I mean, you see it all over Facebook and the Internet. Oh, you know, missionaries, I don't know what you mean by this term Mormon, but I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. <laughs> Right. So hokey. <laughs> but yeah. well, the, the the only person I would like to see up there that they're missing for me it would be mm-hmm. Satan because oh, it wouldn't yeah. wouldn't you consider Satan to be an ex Mormon too? So what I was always taught that in order to go to the outer darkness that you had to have been a Mormon. Yeah. So therefore, would Satan not be an ex Mormon? If if not the first ex Mormon, right? Yes, definitely. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Right, okay. but that was before Mormon was born on Earth. Yeah. So, but he would still Mormon would have been in the preexistence as a prophet, and everybody would have known. Mm-hmm. Man, you're a really yeah. important guy since your name mm-hmm. is going to be known. Yeah. You know, throughout the world, right? Mm-hmm. So I would assume that Satan is would be qualified as an ex-Mormon, which also makes me think, if you think back to the preexistence, Russell M. Nelson must have been there in the preexistence thinking about the word Mormon mm-hmm. at the time, <laughs> all the way from these eons and just biding his time oh to when goodness. he could get rid of it. You know, he's been thinking about this for an eternity. Oh, the that must just be grinding away at him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> maybe so. For a maybe long so. time. He's, uh-huh. uh, he's been waiting any, literally an eternity. But I mean, uh, shoot, he, he, he waited, and he, just in this mortal life, he waited over 90 years to get that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And, that, and that's just in this life. I mean, the pre-mortal existence is a whole nother ballgame. Yeah, you bet. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Now we've got a we got a three a three last articles to get through here. We're going to run a little bit long here, but this is a yeah. good episode. Now this is a real quick this is a real quick article, and I I found this absolutely fascinating. So in Japan, they passed a new law. This is on PBS. A new law in Japan takes aim at unification churches' course of fundraising tactics. This was released on December tenth, twenty twenty two. But it could have ramifications for not only the unification church, which is also known as the Moonies. It could have ramifications for other churches, including the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day saints. So what this new law does in Japan is it allows believers, other donors, and their families to seek the return or refund of monies that were given to religious groups and organizations that solicited those funds by any of the following. If your church or religion solicits funds by coercion, by threats, or, and this is the big one, linking donations to spiritual salvation, your family members can get your money back from those organizations. Mm-hmm. I think James Huntsman would like this uh, law to be put into Oh, you bet he would. Yeah. <laughs> you bet he would. You know, Japan is a very secular society, but do you, know, do you think that this law should be passed in the United States? Personally, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I don't think it's ever. I hope it will catch up. See, I don't think it's going to come to the United States very anytime soon. But other countries that are more secular could see Japan. See if this works in Japan, and you could see other countries that are far more secular, like Australia or like European countries, like Sweden, which Mm -hmm. take a very dim view of religions in general. You could see this law go to those countries, and this could already have ramifications in Japan for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. This Mm -hmm. could. This legislation could easily be outsourced to other countries. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Does the church link donations to spiritual salvation? Uh, It certainly does. I think that there is a strong argument to be made to say that it does. So, yeah, I'm I'm be very interested to see if the other how this plays out in Japan and if other countries if it plays out in other countries. Now we have two last uh, we have two last articles here. Peggy Fletcher Stack here um, asked the question: What has been the hallmark for LDS President Russell Nelson's five years of leadership? So he's been at the helm now for right exactly at five years, just to right around five years. Now the question here is: What will he be remembered for? Let us assume that you know, heaven forbid, that he were to pass away right in the middle of this podcast. What would he be most remembered for? And why based on his first five years of his administration what do you think ada uh i think disowning the word mormon the the nickname i is what i'll probably always remember him as uh-huh mm-hmm. what do you think al 
I'm right there with Ada. I com- complete agreement. Although I, I have to say, Dives, if uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna sustain you as prophet, if I wake up tomorrow morning and find out that uh, tonight, while we were doing this podcast recording, he happened. Right. <laughs> well, I I would just I would look at it as a fulfillment of that Chinese fortune cookie tomorrow. Uh, yep. What? <laughs> what was what was the exact message? I've got it right up here on my wall oh, it said tomorrow yeah, will be <laughs> what was the exact message i've got it up here on my wall here uh tomorrow will be an important day for you yeah i would look at it as a fulfillment of that prophecy now yeah, it's I not mean, russell and nelson's the one that kicked dita ruchdorf out of the you know presidency the first yeah. presidency so i think that would be huge for him right He'd yeah be uh, yeah but, it would be now, it's know, not- going going back to that whole thing it, there's kind of like that jo- that joke that they have outside of a bunch of pubs it's like oh free beer tomorrow meaning that tomorrow never comes right because oh, yeah, yeah yeah tomorrow will be today as soon as it becomes today oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well just remember that tomorrow is the day after tomorrow's yesterday that's yeah. right yeah. <laughs> and yesterday and is today. So dumb. <laughs> and yesterday is tomorrow's day before yesterday. Just um, this was such a nothing sandwich. <laughs> and yet we're getting so many miles out of it. It was a nothing cookie. Yeah, for sure. This wasn't, wasn't a, even a sandwich. <laughs> no, it wasn't a sandwich. So uh, Russell M. Nelson, I think he will be definitely known for uh, eliminating. It's not just about getting rid of the word Mormon. It's about renaming everything. The, yeah. the, the, the America's choir, you renamed the Mormon mm-hmm. Tabernacle Choir. Now no one yeah. even knows what the name of the choir is. Yeah. 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 Nobody even knows they still exist, I bet. They're probably like, oh, did they just like disband and go away or you renamed home teaching. You made it ministering. You renamed tithing, dec- tithing settlement. You called it declaration. You mm-hmm. renamed all the buildings at the Provo MTC. You renamed the word Mormon. So you're just renaming everything. I think that he will yeah. probably be best known for that. Which I, I, to me just amounts to pettiness. <laughs> it's just all, all of this is so inconsequential and so unsubstantial. It's just petty. Is, now, is he trying to piss Gordon B. Hinckley off? Um, I think so. I think he had a big uh, issue with Gordon B. Hinckley. Yeah, he had to. He had to change the the Mormon thing. He also had mm-hmm. to beat him in number of temples built. Um, he also had to beat him in um, his age. I think when he turned ninety seven, he was officially the oldest prophet, um, yeah. other yep. than. Mm-hmm. Gordon So I, I think it was all a massive competition for him to just mm-hmm. beat Gordon B. Hinckley at everything. Oh, yeah. There was a rivalry there. Yeah. Well, I think he, if that was his goal, he's definitely accomplished it. Now, other than the renaming of it, um, we also have a couple of other things that people have, have postulated that he could be best known for. The huge drops in attendance and membership that has now been nicknamed the Exodus, by the way. Or yeah. was it uh, the reducing church to two hours or the massive temple building projects? He's announced 118 temples by himself or eliminating youth programs. No more Boy Scouts, no more roadshows, no more cultural celebrations. All the pageants are gone. Mm-hmm. Or how about missionaries calling home once a week or repealing the policy of the exclusion do you think that any of those are going to be what he's known for or still the renaming well i think his big thing is trying to get rid of the term mormon (laughs) yeah i think that's his main focus but i was going to say i think you forgot one um it was he canceled the uh the priesthood session but then he brought it right yeah oh Uh yeah 
Yeah, good point. Good point. Yeah. You know, especially for non-members or persons of no religion whatsoever, the the Mormon thing I think is a really big deal. That's why a pre, uh, that's why uh, Bednar was asked about it at the National Press Club. But I think for Mormons in general, I actually think that maybe it's the massive temple building that is the most important. Maybe, so, yeah. Uh, that's uh, I don't yeah. know. Uh, for our listeners out there, would you please drop us a comment? Would you rate us with five stars? Would you let us know what you think are the uh, what has been the hallmark of LDS President Russell Nelson's five years of leadership? Let us know. We're very interested in le- in hearing from you. That does take us to our final news article of the of the of the week. This was a big week here, but this is Russell M. Nelson's inspiring message for the new year. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so he tweeted this out right on the new year, right on uh, January 1st, nine o'clock, right, bright and early in the morning. And he tweeted this out on his official uh, handle, which is at Nelson Russell M. And he said, for me, deep sea fishing has been infrequent, but instructive success requires patience, perseverance, and prayer. As we begin this new year and make resolutions to improve things in our lives, these three requisites for successful fishing can help us. Now, can you describe the photo that went along with this, Ada? Ooh, let's see. I'm not looking at it right now. Hang on. Um, Let me click on it. So he, well, the first thing that I notice is uh, that there's, there's land in the background, which I think you were going to mention, weren't you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it (laughs) says he's deep sea fishing, but as you pointed out there, so there he is on the side of a boat. He's got a, he's got a fishing rod there, but it's deep sea fishing, but he's, there's land in the back. How how deep can it be if you're within sight of land? I'm sorry. I'm Mm -hmm. not a fisherman. I don't know. Maybe a hundred feet deep. I mean, that far off of shore, it, it's not going to be that deep, but not miles and miles deep for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean... He, uh, he's not out in open ocean, let's say. No, um, it, can't, it, can't, uh, it can't be that deep of deep sea fishing. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Now, now I tweeted this out, by the way, as a joke that uh, I tweeted out the meme. And this was the, one of the first memes that the Mormon News Roundup actually went a little bit viral. And I said that fish have always been fish. Uh, that's just <laughs> the way the genetics works. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Now, he did have three messages that went along with this uh, particular uh, tweet here. And his three messages were, um, number one, be patient. Number two, be persistent. And number three, be prayerful. And I thought of those three things, and I kind of related it back to what we've been discussing uh, earlier, which is the hallmark of his uh, uh, his presidency is getting rid of the word Mormon and be patient. It takes 40 years to outlive all the other white Utah-born geriatrics in order to assassinate the world Mormon. Yeah, that does take patience. (laughs) It takes a lot of patience. Yeah. You know, or be persistent. Patience of a curmudgeon. (laughs) Yeah, you bet. Or be persistent. Even if multiple prophets, seers, and revelators ahead of you openly and repeatedly rebuke you in general conference (laughs) for trying to eliminate the word Mormon, persistence is key, right? Yep. Just like a curmudgeon. (laughs) (laughs) Or number three, be prayerful. Pray that Thomas S. Monson's dementia takes him to heaven before you die. So that you can get rid of the word Mormon as soon as possible. I'm starting to think that Russell M. Nelson might be a curmudgeon. <laughs> hmm, not too sure. Now, uh, deep sea fishing, that means, okay, so he's deep sea fishing. That means you have to have left Utah, right? I mean, you can't go deep sea fishing in the Great Salt Lake, right? How how deep is the Great Salt Lake these days? Oh, the, uh, I, about 15 feet at the most, and then and, and it's shrinking. I mean, it's drying up out there. <laughs> 
Yeah, so he's yeah. not on the Great Salt Lake, right? Because you can't deep sea fish on the Great Salt Lake. That's, I mean, no. Okay, so uh, Russell M. Nelson has only left Utah publicly uh, one time since about mid two thousand uh, in the last couple of years. In the last three years, since he's only left Utah once, and that was for the Washington D.C. Temple dedication. So, if this was a recent photo, then he has secretly left the state of Utah for only the second time in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. that's 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 kind of big news in and of itself, because if you he has a lot of fishing pictures, by the way, if you go back, he's a big fisherman. And but he's not wearing the same outfit as his previous pictures. That makes me think that this is a recent picture. Right. Hmm. Yeah. OK, so uh, this is what I'm saying. OK, uh, he left Utah secretly, apparently. Oh, for only the first time in the last couple of years, maybe since like 2020. In the last three years, he's only left Utah once to go to the Washington, D.C. Temple. And he didn't leave Utah for any of the following reasons. Uh, the Queen Elizabeth's passing, right? So yeah. if you look at the list of the people who attended this particular uh, uh, the uh, Queen Elizabeth's passing, you had the uh, General Assembly of the Church of Scotland. You had the Presby- moderator of the Church of uh, uh, the Pres- Free Presbyterian Church. You had the president of the uh, Jain community. You had the representative of the Baha'i community, the General Secretary of the Hindu Council, the representative of the Sikh Council, the Buddhist community, every single church and their dog sent uh, the Dean of Westminster and on and on. This was the biggest faith event of the year was the queen's passing and all of these major religious faith leaders were here but the church not only did russell m nelson not go to it he we didn't even send anyone to it so how are we going to lead the world's faith when we don't even show up yeah don't even send a delegate <laughs> right yeah that's strange uh, and, you know that that's a big landmark thing to have that many world faith leaders in one yeah. gathered together in the same place for one event yeah yeah, this you would one. think that he wouldn't mess uh, miss an opportunity to to be there. That's yeah, interesting. Yeah. He, he is supposed to be leading the world's faith leaders, not just among them. He's supposed to be leading them, but he didn't show up. He can fish, but he doesn't show up to the biggest religious event of the year. More religious persons were there than any other place. And, and, you know, and the church, we didn't even send a stake president. We didn't even send a sunbeam to this thing. You know, we could have at least sent James Hamula. Um, that's mm-hmm. a, sorry, that's a joke. Ada, I'm sorry. I, mean, I don't want to put you on the spot. Do you know who James Hamula is? No. <laughs> okay. He was the last 70 who got excommunicated about 10 oh. years ago. Okay. So, <laughs> a, sorry. That is a lame, lame joke. Okay. So yeah, they, uh, we could have at least sent James Hamula, but no, we yeah, didn't, but... we didn't, we, we go fishing, but we don't show up to this very important event. Okay. What about the passage, uh, passing of the marriage for all act? This was the church's number one legislative priority. And who did we send? Did, did Russell M. Nelson show up? No, we sent a lay member in a 70. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he's yeah. not going He's going fishing, but he's not showing up for that either. Okay, and if you look at the top news story of the year, I went and looked at like CNN, Fox News, and a bunch of other websites. The top story of the year is actually the Ukraine war, which started back in February. It's almost a year old. Yeah. And did Russell M. Nelson do anything with the <clears throat> Ukraine war? Absolutely not. But I, and I can hear what people are saying. Well, what do you expect? I mean, he's he's a 97-year-old man. What do you want him to do? I don't know. Let's think about what we, we read in the Bible. What, what did David in the Bible do? Well, he led. He showed mm-hmm. up. He fought. He took up arms. He killed Goliath. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, think about Captain Moroni in the uh, in the Book of Mormon. He just didn't sit around in a fortified tax-exempt bunker slash presidential condo in North mm-hmm. Temple. He took up arms. Yeah. Okay. That's what prophets do. Yeah, we uh, don't read about him fishing. No, we don't. <laughs> okay. And think about Simon the Lamanite. He went to the hostile people. He put his life on the line. Think about Elisha in Second Kings chapter six. He kicked the Syrians' butts. He prayed to the Lord, caused the Syrian army to be uh, all of them were were blinded, 
And then he had the very inspiring story, which is where he had the they that be with us are more than they that we with them. Remember, he opened the eyes yeah. of his servants. He decimated the other, the Syrian army single handedly. That's yeah. what prophets do. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, scriptures are filled with prophets getting personally involved with wars. Yeah. Now, Ada, why do you think that the, the scriptures are so filled with prophets getting um, their hands really dirty, killing people and getting so involved with wars? Well, I think there's um, the idea that like prophets are supposed to be um, there in the trenches with the people. And that's what Jesus did. And we're supposed to follow his example. So the fact that President Nelson isn't willing to do any of those things um, is is kind of interesting. Yeah. I mean, if you think about where is human suffering most acute on this planet, where is the greatest evil manifested on Earth? That's during, that's in war. That's in Ukraine right now. And yeah. what did the church do as far as leadership? They issued an incredibly tepid statement. And did it rebuke uh, uh, Vladimir Putin, Al? Uh, you know, I wish that he would have because, uh, no, he didn't. Uh, the, and, you know, what's the excuse? I mean, this is we've had plenty of uh, senior citizen uh, ancient prophets, right? I mean, shoot, Noah was uh, how old? <laughs> Hundreds of years old when he built the <laughs> when he built the ark. Uh, Methuselah, almost a thousand years old. I mean, some so so what? I mean, since when has age ever stopped prophets from doing what they're supposed to do? Exactly. Right? You know, we the church and President Nelson in particular, we couldn't summon the moral for- fortitude to rebuke by name the most maniacal, genocidal, homicidal, murderous butcher of our day. We couldn't even rebuke uh, Putin by name. And, and if we can't rebuke Putin, who can we rebuke? Well, I guess Matt Easton, we can rebuke him by name or gay Latter-day Saints. Yeah, we can call them out and we can call out activist bloggers. But no, uh, Vladimir Putin. The, the most genocidal maniac of our times, he gets a pass. They want to try and stay but, neutral on yeah. the issue, right? <laughs> That's not a prophet's job. No, it's definitely not. A pr- prophet's job is to do what Elisha did, which is to uh, uh, fulfill, uh, be God's representative on earth and kick some butt when ne- when necessary. Yeah. Now, the other, the nothing's got teeth, though. <laughs> yes, well, so did that Syrian yeah. army. You know what I'm I mean? I'm sure they did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, if you think about the number one religious news story of the year, most uh, religious news, most people think that the Roe versus Wade overthrow is actually the number one religious news story of the year. And some people think that that's the biggest moral issue of our time. And what was Russell M. Nelson? Did, was he involved with that? Did he go to the Supreme Court and pick it and say, this is wrong? I'm the Lord's representative. You made a mistake. You need to reconsider. Did he take leadership on this issue? Yeah, no, of course not. Absolutely not. No, absolutely not in one way, shape, or form. What most people consider to be the biggest moral issue of the year, he took a pass. He was yeah. he was AWOL. Or think about the Colorado LDS shooting um, that we had uh, just a couple of months ago. In Colorado, we had a Mormon who went on a mass rampage and, and, and a shooting. Was Russell M. Nelson there? Or any of the other shootings like Uvalde, Texas, or any other horrible uh, gun violence that we've had? Was Jesus's representative there for any of those? Well, no, you, you don't want to offend uh, your uh, gun-toting pay, base, uh, right? Apparently not. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently not. And think about uh, the, our biggest news story of the year was the AP sex abuse story. Did Russell M. Nelson travel to Arizona to meet with or minister with the survivors to look those little girls in the eye and say, you know what? 
The Lord still loves you. Our bishops, they didn't do the right thing. They could have taken care of you. They didn't. I'm here. I'm going to make sure that whatever, that, that we have processes in place, that this is never going to happen again. Did he travel with them? Look him in the eye as Jesus. We see those little pictures with Jesus with the kids surrounded by him. Yeah. Did Russell M. Nelson go to the AP sex abuse story and try to make things right? No, he didn't. Okay, so he, but he can go fishing. But, but he, no, he can't go minister to those little girls. No, but he yeah. can definitely go deep sea fishing. And the Tonga volcano disaster is actually a very interesting story um, because there was serious food, water, and shelter shortages. This took, it took place uh, exactly a year ago, back in January. And Tonga is the most Mormon nation on earth. It has 174 congregations. There's six church-owned schools. There's 135 full-time missionaries. It's a really, really Mormon place. And they experienced a serious disaster. And yeah. did Russell M. Nelson go there and minister and um, take care of those saints during that time? Not that I know of. <laughs> no, he didn't. He didn't because he didn't hasn't left the state of Utah except for, for Washington, D.C. in the last three or four years. Did he, he send anybody else? Did did any of the top leadership go to that and and offer some help? Do you know? No, they, they just let the local congregations handle that. Uh, I Ada, I don't have the answer to that, but I can tell you that Russell M. Nelson didn't go to it himself. Yeah. You know, and if I think about like George W. Bush after Katrina, he toured Katrina. When you're the commander in chief, when you're the head guy and there's a huge disaster among your people, George Bush's leadership is not exactly on the up and up. I think we can all kind of agree on that. You know, I'm not a, a huge yeah. political person. <laughs> He's not exactly a, a champion of leadership. But even he had the know-it-all, ha had the wherewithal to go to Katrina after a disaster because those are your citizens and he's the representative. Russell M. Nelson didn't go to the biggest Mormon disaster of the year. He just wasn't there. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and, and there's just no leadership on climate change. There's no leadership yeah. on any of these issues. These are all of the biggest issues of our day. These are not small issues. These are the biggest issues of our time. And remember, most people consider that the first presidency, they have a private luxury jet that's donated by the Huntsmans. Now, I don't know that for a certainty, but they certainly have a private jet of some sort because the, the regular apostles, you will see snapshots of them in the airports. The first presidency, they do not fly commercial. They have their own jet. Ooh. Why are uh, we not using it? Well, it's probably a matter of our own perspective, right? Because, I mean, these, when we talk about like war and famine and uh, volcanoes and all this uh, natural disaster, climate change, et cetera, uh, that, these are things that we consider to be the biggest issues. But obviously, since, you know, this is the Lord's prophet on the earth, the biggest issues is knowing how to catch fish when you're deep sea diving. And you have to have a cute little, you know, three, um, you know, uh, what alliteration um, things to say. And one of those has to be prayer. I don't know about you, but anytime I've caught a fish, there was never prayer involved. I, I, I just, I, I don't feel the need to trouble heaven with yeah. that kind of pettiness, right? My, my own, uh, oh Lord, help me catch a fish! I'm not starving if I don't catch a fish. There's a there's a gas station on the way home. I can go and get a corn dog. I'm okay. Yeah, <laughs> this well, is just me out having fun, right? I, <laughs> I don't I don't begrudge anyone to go on a vacation. I really don't. If sure. we were doing leadership on all these other issues, if he was doing yeah. the leadership that is needed for this planet, needs leadership. Yeah. 
it's a not vacation leaving. from what, right? I mean, <laughs> if you exactly. me a vacation, uh, yeah, show us something. I mean, show us that you're going over to Queen Elizabeth's funeral, that you're taking charge and leadership in, in this. Stand up from the back row and say, look, you know, the, the time has come for all of uh, the children under heaven to unite in and under one faith, and I will lead you there. Uh, we didn't see that. Well, we don't want to offend them, right? Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, we what, don't. What is it? <laughs> yeah, world faith leaders are are gathered. He's not there. Major mm-hmm. disasters that are affecting Mormons. He's not there. S- yeah. Sex abuse scandals, shooting scandals, not there. Roe versus Wade, big moral issues like Roe versus Wade, like climate change. He's not there. He's never any in any of these places. So, Ada, is it safe to say that Russell M. Nelson places a higher priority on deep sea fishing than any of these other urgent issues, or am I just way out of, way out of line? <laughs> I think he places a higher priority on pedestalizing himself and making it look like he has all this wisdom and, and, you know, knowledge about spiritual things. But I mean, it's very clear that he holds no priority for climate change. Are you kidding me? Or Roe v. Wade? I mean, he was probably happy about that. Um, the Colorado LDS shooting, he, he shot, you know, gay and trans people. So they don't matter, right? Like that's clearly yeah. not a priority for RMS. Mm-hmm. He's, he's just doesn't even care about those things. I am actually, so I'm not surprised that he did not, you know, do any of that, but I am surprised about the Tonga, the Tonga disaster, um, that he wasn't, that he wasn't there for that. But I mean, of course he didn't care about the AP sex abuse story. He doesn't, he doesn't care about those little girls. If anybody cared about them, that never would have happened. That's just, yeah. See, this is the difference when the Pope, the Pope this last year went to, when the Canadian scandal of all of those kids who were um, the indigenous mm-hmm. kids in Canada who were taken to Catholic schools who yeah. ended up killed. The Pope went to Canada. He met yeah. with the families and he apologized. That's called mm-hmm. leadership. Why yeah. is the Pope a better leader than the, than the, than Christ's, uh, the, 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 mm-hmm. than Russell M. Nelson? Mm-hmm. Um, I think my personal opinion is that the church is run by lawyers instead of a prophet and revel- seers and revelators. So the lawyers say you can't apologize because that admits that you are at fault. Liability, right? Yeah. That's I, 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 all I can say is I hope that that is not the case. Honestly, that makes me sad mm-hmm. if that is really the case. You know, that just makes me really sad because mm-hmm. I've been taught my entire life that Russell M. Nelson is the personal representative of Jesus on earth, that he is the true vicar of Jehovah. And mm-hmm. but, but I think back to the New Testament, Jesus, he had a ministry among the people who mostly did not share his faith. He went to people who didn't believe mm-hmm. what he believed and oh, they yeah. picked up stones to try to kill him. In fact, he gave his life for his beliefs. He just didn't show up occasionally for cushy temple dedications and groundbreakings and friendly already believing general conference audiences two or three times a year. That's not how he did his ministry. Yeah. Photo ops. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember, you, uh, Al, do you ever remember read, watching those church in action videos back from the 70s and 80s? Oh, yeah. And I the, love you those know, the, Yeah, the, those church in action videos, they were really something. They told you, hey, get out and do, right? They Show were, up. Yeah. yeah, they were really good videos. I love watching those mm-hmm. things. Um, you know, and I don't remember Spencer W. Kimball going on a deep sea fishing trip. 
You know, there's no. just a giant contrast between Jesus's ministry and the, and the, and the apostles that Jesus called in the New Testament. They traveled the world. They all gave their lives. Mm-hmm. They were they weared out their life. They just mm-hmm. didn't sit around. Early church apostles in our dispensation, they were missionaries who went and did the work out mm-hmm. among the people. If you think about apostles like Lorenzo Snow, he traveled the world on foot. And as a missionary, those missionaries went without purse or script. They yeah. were literally begging for food. His life, Lorenzo Snow's life mm-hmm. of the missions that he went to Italy, he went to missions in, in, in Hawaii. He went on missions to uh, several missions to Ohio and England. He worked and walked his life. He laid out under the stars. He almost starved mm-hmm. to death for years. Okay, That's the type of sacrifice that Lorenzo Snow did even before he was a prophet. He was a, he was a real warrior for truth. And if you also think about the apostles in the Doctrine and Covenants, where is the jurisdiction of the apostles? The jurisdiction of the apostles in the Doctrine and Covenants says that you have jurisdiction outside of the stakes of Zion, not inside, outside. Yeah. You know, it's just the contrast here is really, really stunning. Spencer Kimball in those uh, Church in Action videos, he had incessant travels, especially to what he believed were his people, the Lamanites, mm-hmm. especially in Central, South America. He really, really, really uh, traveled to the people. He was a mm-hmm. man of the people. You can definitely say that about him. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I hear people, like you said earlier, okay, Russell M. Nelson, he's too old for that. Okay. I get that. Mm-hmm. I get that. But, you know, Gordon B. Hinckley, he was old too. And what did he do? To make up for the fact that probably he was too old to be able to go around and do all the things that he wanted to do. How did he get his message out? Um, through media and through, yeah, just basically media. But I mean, if, if anybody has the technology to do so much, it's Russell M. Nelson. I mean, hello. Mm-hmm. We have more technology to be able to reach people across the entire world without him having to leave Utah necessarily, you know, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. So, and yeah. he's not doing it. Yeah, Gordon yeah. B. Hinckley, he showed leadership on the world stage by going on 60 Minutes, by going on mm-hmm. Larry King. Russell M. Nelson, the entire year, did not do one interview with a mainstream media who could actually ask him a real question all year long. He had yeah. no message for the world through media, mm-hmm. except for a couple of YouTube uh, YouTube videos. That feels really kind of cowardice, like almost like mm-hmm. you're afraid to be asked a hard question. And I feel like yeah. Warren B. Hinckley was not afraid to be asked a hard question. Oh no, Absolutely he was punchy. Yeah. Yeah. If you think that Joseph Smith had access to the kind of media that we had today, what do you mm-hmm. think he would do with it? I promise you that he would have been using it. You know, as you ever I can see say, a televangelist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that's what I'd see. Yeah. All I can say is the words of Ezra Tap Benson kind of apply here because Russell M. Nelson, he needs to lengthen his stride. Or Gordon B. Hinckley, who said, forget yourself and go to work. If you think about what Russell M. Nelson did travel to last year, he went to the Ephraim Temple dedication. He went to the University of Utah Medical Center opening. He went to General Conference. He did the Hebrew Temple groundbreaking. He went to the Washington, D.C. Temple dedication. And to my knowledge, now correct me if I'm wrong out here, listeners, he didn't do one state conference, no area conferences, no regional conferences. You know, we need the kid who tracks Elon Musk's jet to mm-hmm. track that first presidency jet because that's going to be the <laughs> easiest gig ever because whoever that so. pilot is, we, we, we're paying a pilot to be ready yeah. on that jet. That has got to be the cushiest job that anybody's mm-hmm. ever had. Right? I want that yeah. job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, and I, I'm just I'm just thinking, I'm sorry, I'm on a bit of a rant here, but I was actually listening to some Mormon Tabernacle Choir this week because I'm a big Motab mm-hmm. fan. I used to play in the orchestra at Temple Square. And by mm-hmm. the way, the one thing that you never see on ex-Mormon Reddit is people bagging on the Motab. That's true. 
Yeah, they'll bag on anything in the church and everything in the church. We're going to burn this mother effort to the ground. But you know what? They never bag on the Motab mm-hmm. because everybody loves the Motab. And I was just oh, thinking yeah. of one of my favorite hymns, which is Let Us All Press On. Let us all press on in the work of the Lord, that when life is over, we may gain a reward in the fight for right. Let us wield the sword, the mighty sword of truth. We will not retreat, though our numbers may be few when compared with the opposite host in view. But an unseen power will aid me and you in the glorious cause of truth. If we do what's right, we have no need to fear for the Lord, our helper, will ever be near. In the days of trial, his saints he will cheer and prosper the cause of truth. Fear not, though the enemy deride. Courage, for the Lord is on our side. We will heed not what the wicked may say, but the Lord alone we will obey. It's called action. That is an inspiring Mm -hmm. hymn for me. I just love that hymn. But if if you want to catch fish, um, you'll take some patience and some uh, persistence and some prayer. Doesn't that hit this with the same chord? Al, don't do that. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) That is terrible. Let me just ask you, what what good is a heaven-sent prophet for our day if he shows no leadership on the world stage? And I'm sorry, renaming Mm -hmm. ministering, that's not leadership. Shortening church, that doesn't count. Second-hour prayer guidance, that doesn't count either. What what good is it to have a prophet who's for our day? Oh, we we thank the God for a prophet. He's showing no leadership. Right, and no prophecies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it, yeah. And to say, well, he's 98 years old. He's old and tired. Then grandpa retire. Yeah. So it's, it's okay. There's no shame in it. But if you're going to go out and tell the world, hey, I am a God's living voice, uh, voice piece on the earth. And I speak for God. Don't tell us about how to catch fish. Yeah. Well, go go yeah, retire, it, catch all the fish you want and <clears throat> let somebody else uh, take us to the fight. Well, it's like Elisha and Elijah in the Bible, the mantle fell from the other prophet, you know, while that prophet was alive. We don't have to have people live until they're dead. They can, if you can't do the leadership that the Lord needs you to do, then let's get somebody out there who can. Yeah. You know, and what good is a $150 billion nest egg if it's almost never called on to bless God's children? What good are powerful priesthood keys and sacred temples if they bless Mm -hmm. less than one-tenth of 1% of the world's population and shrinking? You know, what is what good is the Mormon copyright on truth if it's only trotted out twice a year on KSL TV during general conference for the Jello Belt faithful? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And what good yeah. is the Lord's only true church if it recedes into an irrelevant provincial curiosity? Yeah. Ooh, yeah. You know, all I can say is the world needs global inspired leadership now more than ever. And trite. Oh, so trite. Fishing inspired platitudes. It just doesn't cut it. Yeah. Your divine guidance is seriously lacking from uh, um, from 50 East North Temple Street in Salt Lake City, Utah. Mm-hmm. It's not even good fishing advice. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what really bugs me about this. It's like, it's not even good fishing advice. Patience, <laughs> patience, nothing. You're out there having the time of your life doing nothing. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> now, that First does bring persistence? A- no. Now, that does bring us to our Mormon News Up Roundup question of the week, which is available only on Anchor. And Ada, do you have that Mormon News Roundup question of the week for us? I do. It is, how do you feel about President Russell M. Nielsen's fishing trip, New Year's Prophetic Council? 
Okay. And uh, if you come on over to Anchor, you can uh, you can interact with us on that. And there is one final uh, article, which I actually, this one final tweet, which I think summed up the entire, this entire, see, it's a two-parter. We have Dieter Uchtdorf with the, with the fortune cookie, and we have Russell M. Nelson with the fishing guidance. It's kind of a twofer for this week. And somebody tweeted out this. Uh, it was from, it's called From Colob and Peace. Having modern prophets is so cool. Who else could read me a fortune cookie they got from takeout or ramble about expensing fishing trips that they went on? Mm. <laughs> <sighs> I think well that pretty said, collab in peace. <laughs> I think that pretty much sums it up for me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, have we ruminated properly on the great and spacious beehive this week, guys? I, I'd say. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, now we yeah. have some huge guests. Uh, we have some huge guests coming up. I just want to run down our shows that we got coming up this week, which are absolutely massive. Number one, we have Colby Reddish, the Deputy Idaho Attorney General. He's filling in for uh, Al next week. Al, what are you going to be doing next week? I'm uh, just going to take next week off and uh, go and have a good time with my wife somewhere. Just don't go fishing, okay? Just... I will not go fishing. And if I do, well, ice fishing. Ice fishing might take more persistence because it's cold, but uh, yeah, I'm not an ice fisherman. Uh, you know, fishing's just for fun. It's a it's a, a purely selfish pastime. I'll That's fine. That. Whatever you do, just don't go fishing. That's all <laughs> yeah. I ask. Uh, I will. <laughs> Our next guest is Evan from the Book of Evan. He's going to be on on January 22nd. We have Chino Blanco, the OG moderator of both uh, R Mormon and R X Mormon Reddits. He's coming on January 29th. We have Landon Brophy from the Good Book Club on February 5th. We have the Alternative Mormon. On February 12th, yes, the Alternative Mormons. And this is big news here, Al. We have the Midnight Mormons. We have a tentative agreement for them to come on on February 19th. We have some massive shows coming up. Uh, I have at least from, um, we have at least Cardin Ellis has said that he's going to come on. Now, whether we can get all three, not sure. But we're definitely going to be doing this show with the Midnight Mormons, which should be quite an experience. Yeah, that's definitely not uh, an episode that you'll want to miss. That sounds like a good one. (laughs) <laughs> yeah all right well thank you so much a- a- sorry thank you so much ada <laughs> sorry, uh, slaughter your name again <laughs> for, for joining us uh we are going to uh, post a link to dissident daughters on our uh, on the show notes so uh please go and check out her podcast over there uh thank you again divas and we also want to give a shout out to weird alma for this episode's music uh, both our intro and outro music it's very great for him to let us use that and thanks so much for ruminating with us on the great and spacious beehive again and remember remember no unhallowed hand can stop this podcast from progressing When it comes to nicknames of the church, such as LDS Church, the Mormon Church, to remove the Lord's name from the Lord's Church is a major victory for Satan. 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 Please allow me to introduce myself. I'm a being with no moral constraints. My number one goal is to hurt the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. 